You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. First of all, let's go to Hebrews 3. Hebrews 3. And there's a number of places we could have gone to, but just a couple of spots to highlight what we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, look in verse 5, Hebrews 3, verse 5. Notice what it says here. And Moses verily or truly was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after So there were things that were to be spoken after about the way he lived and the lifestyle that was portrayed before others, and it it left the testimony. Uh, With that in mind, also go back to Revelation 12 is the one we used uh, the last time we did this. Revelation 12. And I believe I read down through the first several verses, but I I want us just to go down to verse 11. This may be highlighted in your Bible, but I, I love this verse. In verse 11 it says, And they overcame him, basically speaking of Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. So the testimony is a very powerful thing. I I remember saying this, and it's true, guys. The most powerful thing you have as a Christian is your testimony. Uh, When we stand before God and that book of life is opened, um, it's comforting to know I have a testimony that my name is already in that that book of life. And I realize that the the great white throne judgment where where that's opened is where the lost are, but it comforts my heart to have the testimony that I'm on my way to heaven and I'm no longer on my way to hell. Praise the Lord for that. And uh, you, you hear my testimony all the time. I think you could say it for me. Uh, you know how old I was. You know what town I was in and, and just about what spot in the church I was sitting at and so forth. But um, I'm happy to tell you again. Um, but I'd sure love to hear your testimony. How many of you, the last time we did this, it's been a couple months, how many of you, the last time we did this, already shared your testimony? Can I see your hand? And just keep them up if you would, all right? All right, so numbers of us haven't shared yet. And if you don't mind, you know, well, preacher, we're on the spot now. We didn't raise our hand. Uh, so if, you, if you're willing to give your testimony, I'll just put it that way. If you're willing, if God so leads you, it is so encouraging. And I have to tell you, I was brought to the point of tears last time listening to what God did for you. And uh, so here's what I'd like to ask if you could think of it while you're testifying. Some of you get really nervous, and I understand that, but once you get into being reminded of what God actually did for you, you ought to calm down just a little bit and just be able to share. um, First of all, if you can remember where you were when you got saved, where was it? You know, um, if you remember the the place, um, maybe how old you were, um, the people who were with you, I don't know. If you don't remember all this, it's fine, but like, did, did somebody 
Was somebody really instrumental in bringing you to the place of salvation? Did you have a, someone that sat down with the Word of God and shared it with you? And then, and then tell us about that and um, maybe how long God dealt with you to, to bring you to that place. Just some thoughts like that. You don't have to go through all those things, but those are, it's really interesting to hear um, how God dealt with you and, and saved your life. It's just a testimony of God's grace. So Ken, you got the mic ready to go? So can I just ask, let's just start over here on this side. Is there anybody over here who didn't get to share, but you're willing to share tonight? All right, Judy, right back there in the back. Start with Judy. I don't know exactly how old I was. I would be either seven or eight years old. I grew up in a Christian family. We went to church all the time. My mom and dad loved the Lord, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, There were some special meetings. tells how many years ago it was we were held they were held in the high school gymnasium um everett swanson was the one who spoke he's the man who started compassion and i don't remember what he said but he definitely presented the plan of salvation and Mm -hmm. i was under deep conviction that i was lost and needed to be saved and I turned to my mom and said, Mom, can I go forward and hmm. receive Christ? Yeah. And she said, well, yes. Hmm. And I'm very thankful hmm. that my mom was, knew the Lord and was willing to have me go get saved. And I went forward, and someone dealt with me. Uh, I'm a pretty emotional person, and my burden of sin was really heavy. And I must have been a really, really bad little girl. <laughs> because I was in tears probably for at least 20 minutes before I could calm down enough that I could receive the Lord as my Savior. Wow. And when I asked the Lord to be my Savior, he took that burden of sin <laughs> away Amen. and gave me joy unspeakable. Yeah. And, uh, and it was so unique. They gave us a little book. Uh, it was called Now That I Believe afterwards. And I took it home, and I couldn't read very well yet, but I asked my mom and dad to read it to me, and mom says, well, I don't know. This is pretty hard to understand. And I'm like, no, I can understand it all. And it's amazing how the Lord gives that knowledge to you immediately of what his word means Mm. when you get saved. And so I'm so thankful that the Lord saved me and has been with me. I haven't always been obedient to the Lord, but I really do love the Lord and want to serve him always. Mm. Amen. Praise the Lord. I guess we don't have to contain it just to one side, but is there anybody else here? Anybody over here we want to get started? Oh, Andrew, okay. <clears throat> I probably should have said something last time when we did this. Um, I was saved June 8th, 2008 in Jefferson, Georgia. Um, when, like, a couple months before that, um, I knew that the Lord was dealing with my heart, and um, I would go to the altar, and like I wouldn't. I was I was like expecting like uh like that jump off the roller coaster where you're like you feel that different feeling and stuff. And um, I was talking to my pastor like 
as we're at the altar, and I'm like, I just don't feel it. And he's like, well, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be, it's a peace that you, that'll come over you. And you'll, and it's just, it's just, a, it is a different feeling, but it's, it's not going to be like a roller coaster ride. It's going to be more of a peace. And I knelt and I accepted the Jesus into my heart that night. And um, it changed my life. And I really yeah. appreciate it. How old were you? 16 <laughs> or 17. <laughs> Andrew. With that testimony in mind, um, I don't know how many of you have a similar testimony to what he just said. I do. Uh, similar. I didn't, I didn't go to the altar crying over all my sins. I guarantee you my sins were worse than yours. I can promise you that. But I didn't go to that altar crying like, I, like you did, uh, but I knew I was a sinner. And I needed to get saved, raised in a Christian home. But it's, it, it is amazing how that message that was given at the men's retreat, did that message, the last one, speak to you in light of what you said about, um, you know, you didn't have that roller coaster, great feeling like everybody else seems to describe? You didn't, you missed this last, oh boy, oh boy. I'm telling you, everybody here, especially the, those who got saved out of a Christian home, will be a blessing to your heart to listen to the last message of the men's retreat and you can find that by going on the church's website. And, and it's under a little special spot because I've gone on there and looked. I'm like, it's not on here. What's that special spot? It does say that it's just look on there and it says 2018 Men's Retreat. Okay. All right. I, I would challenge you to go on there and listen to that last message. It really blessed my heart. I, but my testimony is very similar to that. Okay. Who has the mic? Okay, Cassie. All right, so um, I grew up in a Christian home, and uh, I made several professions when I was younger, and I can think of one that sticks out the most, and I don't remember my age or anything. Um, I was at home at night, and I prayed with my dad. Um, and any time, like, from then on, whenever, like, people ask for, like, testimonies, my heart kind of drops because I'm always like, well, mine's not, like, that great. Like, I don't even remember how old I was or the date or anything. Um, but then I'm reminded that, like, it's your testimony and that just the fact that God came and uh, saved me. And I am thankful that I was raised in a Christian home and that I've always known God and just having that peace. And I see people out in the world that don't have that and um, always having that. I guess that's just a blessing to always be, um, have known that and have God. Amen. Amen. As long as, long as it landed here. <laughs> Uh, I'll do a, a short version of it, but uh, uh, seven kids, mom, dad, uh, we had a rental home. I know we didn't have a lot of money. We would be considered poor, but we didn't feel like we were poor. Um, mm -hmm. Went to a Catholic church a couple times a year. We were Catholic by default, I guess. Um, I remember going to catechism, and I, I had the years of going to church and catechism and all that. I did not understand any of it, and I was just going through the motions all I remember seeing, you know, Jesus hanging on the cross. I never really, no one ever explained to me what that meant, why he was on the cross. Um, so it really didn't mean a lot to me. And uh, just my family was, a, a, I suppose, a typical family, you know, drank, smoked. Um, we just lived like the world lived. And uh, family would get together, and it was just always expected that's what it was going to be. And at one point... Uh, my little brother stayed overnight at my uh, cousin's house, and it was three, four blocks from Eastside Baptist Church. 
the buses were out on visitation on a Saturday morning, seen uh, my brother John and my cousin Billy outside, from the way I understand it, and invited him to church. And, and they went, they rode the bus. And then they had a contest uh, where they were giving away some bikes, to whoever being the most visitors. So my little mm -hmm. brother was doing his best and having a large family. He thought for sure he was going to win. So my family started going to church uh, over to East Side and, and getting saved. And, and honestly, I started seeing change in my parents and brothers and, and sisters. By then, you know, most a lot of them were out of the house. But uh, it still didn't mean anything to me. I went to church a few times. Um, I dropped out of school. I was just doing my own thing. And my parents uh, talked me into... Uh, going back to school to get my diploma and that that was the very first year they started Faith Christian Academy and so I had long hair You know kind of a hippie style. I had to cut my hair above my ears um, And I tell you looking back. I really felt bad because when I get with my friends They'd all make fun of me because of this but looking back. They weren't really my friends and that's really what you know They started seeing a difference in me starting with the haircut and I was getting kind of pushed away from them, which in the long run obviously was a good thing. Um, I, I went through the motions, went to uh, uh, church, and then of course we had to bring our Bible, and it was all part of, you know, learning scripture and everything, and this was, this was all pretty new to me, but honestly I was going through the motions for my parents, and I wanted a diploma, because I was going to, you know, do my own thing once I had that diploma, and we had a little school, if you remember we started that Faith Christian Academy, it was just a little farmhouse behind that building there on Sycamore, and uh, Alan Leak was my youth pastor, and we were getting ready for gym class one day. We had this little attic like we went up into to yep. change, and everybody left, and, was, and I was just sitting there, and, and I couldn't tell you what it was. I didn't know back then what conviction even was, but I knew something was, it was just, uh, it's like when you love someone and you have to leave them or you lose someone. I had this just huge hole, uh, like a I couldn't swallow, couldn't breathe, and I just, I couldn't figure it out, and I just, I uh, told uh, Pastor Leek that I said, something's wrong with me, I don't, I don't know what's going on, and, and we talked and talked, he said, I think the Lord's dealing with you, and, and I remember bowing my head and, and praying, ask Jesus into my heart, I wish I could say that things were smooth sailing from there, but I still lived in the world for a while, I went in the Navy, um, there was Christians on the ship, I avoided them. And I still did the same things, but I tell you, looking back, I did not enjoy them. Why I kept doing them, I don't know, maybe to be accepted. And then I get out of the Navy, and I come back, and I'll try to make this not too long, but I want to cover this. I get out of the Navy, I come back from the Navy. Good friend of mine, Randy Holso, um, uh, was running around with, he had a little sister named Renita. And hmm. I went to the, come back to the church after the Navy, and I remember this young gal coming up and talking to me, and and say, hey, Dana, it's good to see you back from the Navy. And the whole time I'm, I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, this gal's kind of cute. And she goes back into church and I looked at my sister and I said, who is that? And she said, that's Randy's little sister. And so long story short, um, you know, we started dating uh, shortly thereafter. Randy got in a motorcycle accident and, and was killed. And that brought us closer together. And a few years in the marriage, tough marriage at first. I'm, thank God she stuck with me, I really am because I wouldn't have, um, but over time, God just kept working on my heart, working on my heart to the point mm -hmm. where one day I could 
I have three, I have my mom and two siblings in heaven today. I know they're in heaven mm. because they accepted Christ our Savior and then having the opportunity to lead my own daughter to the Lord, mm. that wouldn't have happened. Um, if it wasn't for the bus ministry, it wasn't for this church, Amen. and of course, Jesus Christ doing what he did on the cross, and I am so thankful that, that I did receive Christ as my Savior. Amen. Um, you've given a few bikes away since then, haven't you? VBS, we've had VBS and different things, and I think you have been the source of maybe a bike or two. I don't know how many, but it, it, uh, it's a blessing to hear I just thank God for our bus ministry and those guys that have put all the years since I've been here and, and more um, to people's lives. And you just don't have any idea what an effect you're having in someone's life in your ministry, wherever it's at. It's, it's a blessing. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate it. Anybody else? Who's got a, who's got a testimony? Real quick. We've got a few minutes. All right. All right, I got saved out of growing up in a Lutheran home. Um, and I don't know if you guys remember the man with the southern accent that Brother Ruckman had visiting. When he preached about the people group he got called to, a lot of that spoke to me because they know every part of the gospel, that Jesus died for their sins, that Jesus is the only way to heaven. So growing up in the Lutheran church, all of those facts were made known to me. And... When I met Eric and we talked about salvation, I really struggled. So I had a list of questions that I was going to bring to pastor's office. And in my heart, I was like, oh, he cannot answer these because I understood how a homeless man could possibly get saved. But I did not understand how a kid that grew up in a Christian home like he did could get saved. So I asked him to give me his testimony. And when he gave me his testimony, it, it changed from that Jesus died on the cross to I needed Jesus to die for me. And that sounds really simple, but without hearing the simple testimony, that wall would have never broken because I knew all the other parts to the puzzle. So I wasn't willing to admit that I had anything missing until that was said in that form of needing salvation for yourself. And that's what broke me down and made me realize that it was a personal, I needed Jesus to die for me. Amen. Amen. Who else? It's a blessing. It's very, very encouraging. We got one down here, Ken. Down here in the front. There we go. Manual. <laughs> I got saved at six years old at VBS. In v at VBS? Here at church, praise the Lord. Amen. Anybody else? Um, I didn't, I think I got saved like at six or seven in junior church. Um, but I wasn't, and then as I got older, um, I couldn't remember when I got saved. So uh, at Bible camp, I was 13, and uh, I got it reassured, so. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Is that going to be it for Troy? I was hoping you'd come in. You want to you want to run that back to him? Okay. Yeah. 
Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, I remember it very, very clearly. I remember asking Troy, I said, you told me what you thought might have been a salvation testimony, but I asked you, are you willing to stand before God with that testimony? You said, absolutely not. I said, well, it's obvious you know what you need to do. Yep. 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 Amen. You know, that's just uh, somebody that got, uh, had, I'm not saying people who've said prayers as a little child uh, that they never got saved. One of my daughters is just 100% convinced, um, very young age, prayed and and very solid with their salvation. But uh, some people always will always wonder, and it just never gotten settled, and his was one of those very strong convictions, just couldn't get it settled. And um, it's, it's, if you've ever had hell dangled in your face, I mean, literally, you, you'll want to get that settled. And, and it's just a little testimony to this little crowd here tonight. If somebody battles with that, I would challenge you. Come visit with me or somebody here. They'd love to sit down and talk to you and, and get that thing settled. Anybody else? You've got a salvation testimony. Anybody else? All right. To your right. Um, I, it was January 28th, 2016. Um, you had came to my house. Uh, I think with <laughs> Stephanie had convinced you to come to my house, and she was so excited that night, um, and I had no idea why. Uh, you asked me... Um, why, or if God asks you why, should you, why should I let you into heaven or whatever, and I didn't have an answer for that, and you went through the word with me, um, and I, I, I always had some messed up answer in my head of why I could go get to heaven, you know, all my works and everything. I grew up in a Catholic home, um, went to catechism and all that, um, and after hearing hearing the explanation that you gave me, hearing the word, um, I felt under strong conviction. I remember sitting in service before you had visited during the invitation times. Uh, I would never go forward, and I knew that I was not saved, but I always felt something either pulling or pushing me towards the altar. And uh, when I... The night that I got saved, I remember distinctly that when you had me, you helped me say the prayer, and I said, and I asked to be saved. <laughs> I remember asking you after I said that, did you touch me on my chest? Because I literally felt somebody touch me right in the middle of my chest. And I felt this warm feeling go through my body, and I, just, I can't explain it. Obviously, I'm getting a little emotional about it, and I'm trying really hard not to, but... Uh, yeah, it was, you know, I was 37 years old, and so, you know, 37 years of <laughs> heathen living and whatnot, and mm. just drugs, alcohol, all that stuff, and now, praise the Lord. Amen.
hey guys, let me just tell you something. These are some of the only times we probably see each other or hear a quiver in our voice when your heart really opens up and it's, it's special. There's nothing wrong with that. And Gabe, if you'd have broke down, it'd have been okay. Um, God got down into your heart and that's where he meets us and it's okay to let your heart open up. So, you know what? I thought we may um, run out of time or run out of uh, testimonies and have to go into a Thanksgiving time. We might have to reserve this to another uh, Thanksgiving time for later, but um, is there anybody else with, with a salvation testimony? Somebody else want to share before we wrap things up tonight? Anyone? Going once. You guys, you guys did it already, right? Yep. Going twice. Doug, are you saved? Doug, are you awake? <laughs> Doug, can you hear me? All right. So, um, Ken, what did, we, uh, what did we wrap it up with the last time? Remember a song I thought was so appropriate? I love to tell that. That's the one that you had suggested. I'd like to do that. That just, uh, that's such a great uh, song. I love to tell the story will be my theme and glory. And uh, so when we find the page number, why don't we find that? And I think it's a great way to wrap it up tonight. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.